And now I'd like to call upon someone who has honored the Empire Club of Canada with no less than three speeches at this very podium. David Robert Peterson, at the age of 41, became the 20th Premier of Ontario on May 2nd, 1985. Politics are a part of the Peterson family tradition. His father, Clarence, was witness to the signing of the Regina Manifesto in 1933 and later served as a councillor in London, Ontario. His brother, Tim, served in the provincial legislature, and his brother, Jim, served as Canada's Minister of International Trade. His sister-in-law, Deborah, as a lot of us know in this room, is Ontario's Deputy Premier and Minister of Health. David Peterson is no stranger to environmental causes. Premier Peterson was indeed a pioneer in, in the global movement to put, envi- to put the environmental agenda on the top of public policy pr- priorities. A little-known fact is that the Peterson government invented the blue box, which has now become a ubiquitous reality in communities across the planet. This has diverted billions of tons of waste from landfills. David Peterson is also someone who has a deep and personal relationship with Northern Ontario. There isn't a coffee shop or a community north of Georgian Bay that David Peterson hasn't been to or has a friend in. He has spent many personal vacations with his family on canoe trips, meandering through northern Ontario's great rivers and lakes, and is a true friend of the north. Premier Peterson, you will be introducing our guest speaker, who will be talking about one of Ontario's great northern resources and how it impacts our economy. It was at this very podium 26 years ago this month that you famously said, our nation has made a rare and constitutional commitment to reducing economic disparities among regions. We must live up to our commitment and spread our prosperity from the Atlantic to the Pacific and to the far north. However, you said, Ontario's ability to share its wealth depends on our, on our ability to create it. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you the Honourable David Peterson. Thank you, Noble. Thank you for the very nice introduction. You've got one thing wrong. I actually uh, left politics for health reasons. People were sick of me. So I am, uh, but I am back today, and I'm thrilled to be here to introduce to you Richard Garneau for a number of the reasons that Noble mentioned in his introduction. I, uh, I am one of those who has traveled the north a great deal, and I like to think I have a little sensitivity to it. My friend Danny Brown, the mayor of Atacokan, who I've known for years, was chatting over lunch, and he told me if it hadn't been for the forestry industry, for the last hundred years between Thunder Bay and Kenora, there wouldn't be a northwestern Ontario. And so he understands, and I'm thrilled Danny's here, to, 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 perso- to personalize the importance of the forestry industry in this great province. And to have uh, Gilbert here, uh, Gilbert, wonderful to see you again, and thank you for being here and gracing us with your very, very, very sensitive uh, blessing uh, today. I'm going to introduce Richard Garneau, and Richard Garneau uh, became president of Resolute in 2011 after a very distinguished career in, in, in the forestry business and other business. He's an expert uh, in finance. And in spite of the fact that he is a charitable accountant, he is a, shall we say, a child of the forest. He grew up in a farm in Quebec, 
And he understood from a very early age sustainability because he couldn't go to Laval Law School without having worked for a sawmill cutting down wood to support himself to go to university and also support his family and his community. It's something he understands in his blood. And he has gone on to, uh, to run one of the most complex uh, companies in this country today. Uh, Resolute is a huge company. They have 40 plants around the world. Uh, it is uh, uh, six plants going on seven. A new one is just coming on stream in the province of Ontario. And I don't want to overstate this, but in some ways, as goes Resolute, so goes Northern Ontario because it's so directly related to the forestry industry, not just today, but in the future. And great foresters, great executives never just look at today, they have to look at the next generation. And I know Richard has talked very, very many times about where they're going to be a hundred years from now because it's all looked at in the context of its sustainability. There is uh, no more difficult business to run than a forestry business today. It is highly regulated, highly scrutinized, even vilified by some. And to balance all those complex pressures is an artistry uh, that is possessed of very, very few. Richard has articulated a deep concern and, 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 and shall we say, cooperation with the, the First Nations, uh, who have not been given a good deal in this province, in this country, in the last couple of hundred years. And there's a new relationship developing, and I think Gilbert personifies that. We, it was a great responsibility to the workers and the people that live in these communities. Don't forget, these communities are all under siege in northern Ontario. Without the forestry industry, would not be where they are today. And Denny has talked about that. There's, the communities are fundamental uh, to the success of, 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 of Resolute, as Resolute is fundamental to their success. And, of course, there's shareholders and uh, environmentalists to contend with. Some of the environmentalists have even been there. And they understand uh, the, the complex pressures that come on the CEO of a modern company, a modern forest product company, uh, in an age of transparency. Well, I can tell you, in my view, that uh, Richard has handled this with a sensitivity, not just to the present, uh, to the f but to the future, and he really is a model of cooperation, bringing all the disparate groups together in driving a successful, prosperous, happy, green future for this province. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very proud to introduce to you Richard Garneau. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure that uh, you're going to appreciate how difficult it is to speak after the Honorable David Peterson. So let me begin by uh, thanking the Empire Club for the uh, opportunity to talk to you about an industry that has been so much a part of this uh, country's history and its economy, about a company whose roots run almost as deep as the industry itself, and about the challenges of the recent past and our hopes, our hopes for a long-term corporate future. You know, the past decade has taken a significant toll on our industry. Mills closed and companies 
disappear, often with dramatic consequences for the communities in which they operated. Over the past seven years, over the past seven years, close to 90,000 jobs were lost across the country, with most of those in northern and rural areas where the loss of good jobs can be particularly tough and where the likelihood of finding equivalent opportunities is very low. A large part of this is because we, as an industry, have gone from our historic possession as the supplier to the world to simply being a, a supplier in the world. And it's a shift that shocked the employees from the shop floor right up to the executive suite. Today, however, the industry has turned the corner. And while we are not yet out of the wood, so to speak, things are looking better. And despite the naysayers, the forest product industry remains important to Canada's economy. Forestry is a $57 billion industry representing 12% of the manufacturing GDP and directly and indirectly employing almost 600,000 people. And while it may not be the job creator it once was, it can remain a significant employer, a wealth creator, and a source of regional stability. We know that the forest industry provides livelihood for thousands of families, thousands of families, and a viable economic future for communities across the boreal. In many of these communities, resolute operations are the anchor of the local economy. According to the Canadian Forest Service, some 200, 200 Canadian boreal communities rely on the forest sector for at least 50% of their income, with another 222 communities depending on the boreal for at least 20% of their income. This proved that uh, there is, after all, life north of the 401. As an industry, we've aggressively worked to expand our export market, in part due to the emergence of a sharper edge and more protectionist stance on lumber by our historic major trading partner, the U.S., and also in part to the fall-off in demand of uh, our products in this market during the economic downturn and also technological changes in society. Where the U.S. used to account for over 80% of our total export, and here I'm talking about pulp and paper as well as lumber, our efforts as an industry at selling into Asia in particular means that the U.S. today accounts for just over 60% of our exports. This is also partly due to the declining market in the U.S., including a decline in housing starts. And indeed, the forest sector is now Canada's number one exporter to China. In 2013, and again, contrary to popular belief, we are also an industry with strong productivity. According to data from the forest product industry of Canada, we have, as an industry, outperform the Canadian general economy and other sectors here in Canada in terms of labor, 
capital and multi-factor productivity growth. We all know an industry that sees innovation as a key part of our future, seeing the forest as more than just trees. We're investing in research and development that helps us stretch, stretch the values of, of the, and the benefit of the trees that we harvest. We are developing new products that allow wood to be used in additional and better ways. And we are partnering also with other industries to pioneer entirely new and innovative products for wood fiber for everything from auto parts to cosmetic. But perhaps the most important factor in ensuring our future is the industry overall commitment to sustainable development. Canada's forest product industry is widely, widely recognized as one of the most environmentally friendly in the world. Canadian producers have become global leaders in producing sustainable forest products under strict environmental rules. And the industry has a strong commitment to sustainable forest management. Producers have most of the forest land they manage, and I insist on that, most of the forest land they manage independently certify to one of three internationally recognized sustainable forest management certification system. In a world where only 10%, only 10% of forests are certified, Canada accounts for over 40% of that total. Since 1990, as an industry, we have invested $9 billion, with a B, $9 billion in becoming greener, not just green, but even greener. And today, roughly 75% of the paper being used in Canada is recovered. Since 2000, the industry has doubled the amount of recycled paper it uses. As well, integration between pulp and paper and sawmills allows us to optimize the use of the fiber that is harvested. And in other areas, water use is dramatically down. Energy efficiency is dramatically up. And as an industry, we are leaps and bounds ahead of the AV industrial comparable in terms of improving our environmental footprint. So where does Resolute Forest product fit in? First, it represents the coming together of some of the great names of the uh, Canadian industry. ABTB, the Price Company, Donahue, Consolidated Batters, Great Lake Paper, CP Forest, to name just a few. There is a long, long list. We are a key, a key Canadian player and a, and a global leader in the forest product industry. We produce commercial printing papers and newsprint for a wide range, a wide range of printing needs, including major publications, the name of which you would immediately recognize. Market Paul for use in products like tissue, paper towels, and hygiene products, and lumber and wood products for building material and specialized structural and industrial application. Our annual sales are over U.S. 4.7 billion, and our products are sold in about 90 countries around the world. We own or operate over 40 pulp and paper mills and wood product facilities in Canada, the U.S., and South Korea, as well as power generation assets in Canada. 
We also have a waste fiber collection business and operate at least at the last, the last 100% recycled newspaper mail in Canada. And it is in the Niagara Peninsula. I know that Minister Bradley knows exactly where it's located. And Resolute employs over 9,000 people in communities across Ontario, Quebec, the Southeast U.S., and South Korea, with many of the, uh, those facilities in town and region, in towns and region, where our operations are the major economic force. I'm sure that you would agree with that. Like the rest of our industry, we have been through very challenging times over the last decades, with some of those conditions continuing to persist. This has led to the company having to make very difficult decisions. However, most of the mills that remains are among the most competitive in the North American industry, and with active involvement and support from employees at all levels and from the communities and regions where we operate, we intend to be around long term. Fortunately, we are seeing signs that the U.S. housing and construction market, which significantly impact our sawmills business, is recovering. Still, we must recognize the secular decline of many paper products, particularly in North America, due to economic and market realities. Paper still has an important place, and we're confident in its future. But the manufacturing industry behind it has gone through dramatic change, underscoring the importance of adapting and evolving to meet the reality of our changing times. Working in the spirit of a partnership and collaboration, we are best able to provide for a sustainable future. Despite the disruption and challenges that have shaken our industry, we have confidence in its future. For Resolute, ensuring that uh, we are part of, of that future has meant changing the way we think about our business, changing the way how we do business, and changing how we operate. In today's world, the process of repositioning a company starts with serious commitment to operating sustainability, something we believe directly contributes to building and enhancing not only resolute reputation, but its competitiveness. We're working hard to ensure that it is at the core of all our business decisions. By carefully balancing environmental, social, and economic priorities, we believe that we will ultimately become a more efficient company for our shareholders, a better employer for our colleagues in the workplace, a stronger partner for our customers, and a more stable force in the communities where we operate. Over the last uh, two years, there has been a major shift in the role environmental sustainability plays at Resolute. That is not to say we weren't doing the right thing before. We were reducing our greenhouse gas emissions, putting sustainable forest management in place, working collaboratively with environmental groups and governments, and taking other steps in support of environmental stewardship and sustainable development. But we lack some of the formal reporting tool and even structure embedded in our governance required to drive results. One of the many significant changes we implemented was our decision in 2010 
to begin producing an annual sustainability report using the Global Reporting Initiative standard. This standard is endorsed by the United Nations Global Compact and is the world's most broadly accepted reporting standard and represents an important advance in the way we share our sustainability story. It provides the framework we use to improve accountability, transparency, and result across our environmental, social, and economic sustainability objectives. Open and transparent communication are fundamental to our collective best interests. In 2011, we made a further commitment by creating a working committee of senior company manager with the responsibility of ensuring that sustainability is ingrained within all our business objectives and that it is fully, fully integrated in our operating practices. This uh, sustainability committee represents all our major activities and business lines and is directly accountable to the executive team. Its mandate is uh, to broaden our understanding on how sustainable sustainability aligned with our business strategies, to monitor and measure sustainability progress, and to make recommendations on how future sustainability performance can contribute to meeting all long-term corporate objectives, the multiple, what we call the multiple bottom line. Structure reporting and the formal company mechanism will help us assess progress and ultimately achieve our key sustainability commitments. Let me share a few highlights. Our industry has faced some criticism regarding our forest management practices. As uh, some of you may know, certain criticism of our company in particular have recently been shown to be unfounded based on opinion and perception rather than fact. Actually, our company, our industry, our governments, and our society have a lot to be proud of when it comes to responsibility, responsible managing or responsibly managing the forests in our care. I'll give you an example. With its Crown Forest Sustainability Act, the province of Ontario has among the best, if not the best, forest management frameworks in the world, not in North America, in the world. For a resolute 100% of, its, uh, of the timberland we manage are third parties certified to one of three internationally recognized sustainable forest management standards. And we've made the commitment to further increase the level of FSC certification from 18% in 2010 to 80% by 2015. Indeed, as of March of 2013, last month, we had already reached 65%. And in 2012, Resolute achieved the distinction of becoming the largest FSC certificate holder in the world. Subject to regular and rigorous third-party audits, these certifications provide independent assurance that our forests are responsibly managed according to standards developed specially for local forest conditions, and they go well beyond current regulatory requirements. The fiber used in our Canadian, Canadian products originate mainly from the boreal forests, 
which is among the most carefully managed working forests in the world. In fact, a Yale University study singled out Canada forestry laws and regulation as being among the most stringent in the world. In application, sustainable forest management provides an exceptionally high level of protection to the boreal forest. You may be surprised to know, for example, that less, less than a quarter of 1%, 0.5%, 0.25% to be precise, of the boreal is affected by harvesting each year. The reality is that more of the boreal forest is lost every year to insects or forest fire than to harvest by man. And by law, land must, must be quickly regenerated after harvesting. In July of last year, we celebrated the planting of the one the billion, billion tree in Ontario by Resolute and its predecessor companies. I want to be clear that it is a billion, start with a B, you know, like the deficit. And this number doesn't include the reforestation achieved by things like aerial seeding and natural regeneration. In short, we replace in multiples the tree that we harvest. But responsibly managing the forest is, isn't only about the fiber and the wood we use. It's also about maintaining the delicate biodiversity in the area in which we operate. We manage woodlands that are home to approximately 90 plants and animal species currently on species at risk or threatened or on the endangered list. So providing protection for forest biodiversity is an important part of all sustainable forest management standards. In this spirit, working with stakeholders, including communities, First Nations, NGOs, and government, Resolute has expanded the network of restricted space in the boreal to protect specific habitat and provide a safe haven for woodland caribou and other species that call the forest home. Indeed, we are bound by regulation set out by governments, by objective set out by the various certification system that we have chosen to subscribe to, and also by standard set out by our boards of directors to ensure we protect flora and fauna, spaces and species. In Ontario, the target for land set aside under the landmark collaborative process known as Land for Life was 12%. I think that you're going to be interested to know that from Thunder Bay to Manitoba, an area the size of the New England states, and one where Resolute has a major presence, over 16%, one six, make sure that I pronounce it correctly, over 16% of the operable land base has already been withdrawn. This does not include the impact of areas covered by regulation, like green belts around the lake, river reserves, and waterway corridors, or other similar preservation area. When you had those areas, and we take them into account, withdrawal percentage goes up to over 30%. As part of this uh, overall effort in cooperation with the provincial government, we've protected over 21,000 21, square kilometers of Ontario forest land.
as regulated park. That's, uh, that is about three times the size of the greater Toronto area, or 33 times the city of Toronto. And this does not even begin to factor in the Northern Park plan by former Premier McGuinty. Two, uh, two environmental elements of our sustainability commitment, and more than just forests that we manage, they are also about accepting our shares of responsibility for global warming. Growing public concern about greenhouse gas emission it's, uh, is leading more and more citizens, as you know, government and organization, to change the way they, they live their lives, provide services, or do business. Resolute is no different. In 2011, we joined the World Wildlife Fund's Climate Saver Program, through, through which we have uh, committed to reduce absolute greenhouse gas emission by 65% by 2015, compared to our 2000 emission level. These are industry-leading emission reduction target, and the equivalent of taking almost 1.5 million cars off the road. Imagine almost no car in Toronto. So far, we've uh, succeeded in reducing our absolute emission by over 62%. So we're well on track to meet our target. Our solid progress uh, to date reflects a commitment at all levels of the company on improved energy efficiency. The, uh, the use of hydroelectricity and switching from fossil fuel to cleaner renewable energy sources like carbon neutral biomass. In fact, around 70% of our energy requirements comes from renewable sources. And uh, while hydro is a primary source, we have seven sites that operate cogeneration facilities that produce green energy from carbon neutral biomass. We also use alternative fuel like methane from landfills. We use also uh, use oil and tire-derived fuel. Of course, part of reducing our greenhouse gas emission is also related to reducing the carbon footprint of our products. This has led us to invest in and grow market share for innovative products like our aligned branded family of eco-efficient, budget-friendly, high-performance paper. And these paper are made using an innovative process that produce high brightness with about 50% less fiber and fewer chemicals that, than competing papers. A life cycle analysis uh, uh, showed that the aligned paper grades add a 35 to 86% smaller carbon footprint than competitive paper, depending on the grades. The result, we reduce our carbon footprint and customers can feel good about purchasing a quality, environmentally friendly paper. To be sure our approach to sustainability places a premium on environmental initiatives, but we were also sensitive to the important social and economic imperatives. The health of safety and safety of our employees is an absolute priority for the company. Our safety record has improved dramatically over the last few years and is approaching our goal of world-class performance. We are a company that embraces the natural partners in our regions, the leaders of the smaller centers that depend on our corporate stability and our partners, including First Nations. 
these are the folk who have a knowledge of and a respect for the beauty and the power of nature. That's why we encourage all of our partners to participate in our sustainable forest management planning process. Each operation also has its own ongoing stakeholder outreach program where local general manager, HR manager, and other staff meet formally and informally with local governments, First Nation, business partner, chamber of commerce, NGOs, and others. We also work with community leaders to better understand local issues and concern, and in turn, our operation and employees support and participate in local community life. Our aim is to ensure local stakeholder outreach is conducted regularly across our operation, and we're providing our manager with the training to help make it happen. I firmly believe we can expand this activity and build new and stronger links. Constructive engagement will continue to produce mutual benefits. In some of our communities, First Nation people make up a large portion of the local population. We understand that uh, our operating practices and decisions can have a direct impact on the First Nation communities that depend on a healthy, productive working forests. We also understand that it is important for these communities to find ways to create value and economic opportunities for, from the forests of which they have always lived. That is, that is why we have partnership with numerous First Nations groups near our operation, and that aim to ensure cooperative forest management and even business partnership. In Tonobi, for example, we have had a partnership with the Fort Williams First Nation since 2003 related to a sawmill that employed about 170 people. Recently, we announced a new sawmills project in Etikokan, Ontario. Well, we have Mayor Dennis Brown here. And, uh, it's, uh, and uh, this project uh, will bring an investment of $50 million and will create about 90 jobs in the community with additional employment associated with construction as well as indirect possession for hauling lumber, residual wood chips when the project is completed. I am particularly pleased with the direct involvement of First Nation and the opportunity for shared economic benefit that this represents. I hope I have been able to give you a sense of how the forest product industry is evolving today and also how it remains an important Canadian industry. It has not only played a key role in this country past economic development, I can guarantee to you that it has a bright future and still much to contribute to our nation's prosperity. I believe this example I've shared with you represents what is possible when we work together on economic and sustainable initiatives. Simply put, we believe that a strong balance sheet is even stronger when it also benefits our employees and our communities. At Resolute, we believe that only a true commitment to sustainability will secure that bright future. The equation for us is simple. Strong sustainability performance means delivering on environmental, social, and economic objectives that benefit and provide value to all stakeholders, customers, shareholders, employees, and especially the communities where we live and work. 
Thank you very much. Please welcome Verity Sylvester, past president of the Empire Club, to formally thank our speaker. Distinguished guests, fellow members, and guests of the Empire Club of Canada, I have the honor to express our thanks to Richard Garneau for joining us today. There have been some remarkable steps taken by organizations to ensure sustainability. We thank you, Richard for voicing your commitment to balancing environmental, social, and economic priorities. Thank you, sir. As a token of our appreciation as well, on behalf of the Empire Club, I'd like to present to you with this book. It's, a, uh, it's called, uh, Who Said That? It's Memorable Notes, Quotes, and Anecdotes of 100 Years of the Empire Club. Thank you very much. And uh, most of you can see on your tables, uh, Resolute has kindly offered and uh, given us a gift. Uh, they're white spruce uh, seedlings uh, that you can plant and uh, in your backyard, and hopefully one day they will become larger than the ones that we have back here. Thank you very much for, uh, for, that, for that gift. Finally, each one of you should have at your seat a list of upcoming events. I'm pleased to let you know that we have an amazing lineup of guests and speakers. Uh, for example, on Monday, April 8th, please join us for the Vertical City Panel uh, here at the Royal York Hotel. I'd like to thank BTA and BMO for sponsoring our event today. I'd like to thank the National Post as a print media sponsor. This media will be aired and carried on Rogers TV. We are very grateful for your ongoing support. We're now on Twitter and on Facebook, and as well, we have our own website, empireclub.org, where it's easy to become a member of the Empire Club. Thank you all for coming. We look forward to seeing you again soon. This meeting of the Empire Club of Canada is now adjourned.